patterns around lack of discipline within your own growth and development is something that I wish all of us would embrace a bit differently. And every time you make that decision to prioritize something over your own growth and development, you've got to stop and ask yourself, what is behind this? Our team has been traveling a lot, working with clients from all over. One of the main requests we get from folks that we coach is, how do we get to the next level? We hear that question often. Instead of a traditional top five or maybe a top 10 list of what to do, this request got me thinking about what are some of the main barriers to high performance. Here are three common barriers to experiencing that next level of achievement. They may surprise you. I'm Pam Evanson. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a non-conformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. There are lots of sales professionals out there trying to get to that next higher level of performance. What are the three biggest barriers that we're both seeing? So my three would be number one, arrogance. Number two, outreach. And the third one would be discipline. However, we did an episode Stress or freedom, it was episode number 78 related to discipline. But what I'm saying discipline for this one is discipline as it relates to my growth and development. I like that. When I think back on all the coaching sessions recently, the small groups, the large groups, the one-on-ones, you're right, discipline does play a role in an individual's ability to grow and to get to that next level of how they perform. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about arrogance first. Ooh, that's interesting. I like that word. And I don't... Now listen, audience, I'm not critiquing and judging you. You know that. When I say arrogance, so you look up these definitions, and arrogance is an attitude of superiority. And as you know, Dan, what we like to coach is confidence, the feeling or belief that someone can rely on you. I understand it's a fine line, and I know out there there's a lot of people that believe you have to have a level of arrogance to be good in a sales role, I want to challenge that a little bit today because I think some of that arrogance may be misplaced. And if we can just shift it a bit to demonstrate confidence, my perception is that right now that's what people are craving is confidence in individuals that they're looking to partner with, not the arrogance piece. Can I uh, put a spin on that? Sure. So what I'm seeing is that when I coach or have someone or meet someone or interact or work with someone who is arrogant, what I see is actually deep-seated insecurity. They're so insecure, they have built this shield around themselves. If you think about it, right, to acknowledge your insecurities, to embrace them, to face them is a high level of confidence. Hmm. The opposite occurs when we are arrogant. When I see people who are arrogant, I know that they're hiding something not just from me or not just from others, they're hiding it from themselves. It's funny you say that. The Brooks Group wrote an interesting article and they quote saying, confidence is given to you by others. Arrogance is something you give off. And they go on to say, arrogant people cannot take responsibility. And that's the piece I think, and especially in what we coach and the people that we're coaching, we all have to be able to understand the difference between those two things. That's such a great point. When I think about some recent experiences of someone who is extremely arrogant, 
not only with that, they were bold. And the ability to take feedback or coaching was non-existent unless it was on a rare occasion on their terms. But every interaction, you could just tell there was something there that they couldn't go to a certain place within themselves. And so instead of the humility of accepting some insecurity, they chose to give the front of arrogance. As I watched other people around them respond, it was almost like they ended up on an island by themselves. It's funny. You can see that in everything we do with our coaching. I think it's really important that we develop an attitude that reflects there's some level of responsibility I can own in every situation, whether it's prospecting, whether it's deals that I'm working, whether it's my growth and development. And again, confidence versus arrogance, even when it comes to taking responsibility. Yeah, I think the biggest thing about responsibility is it's the ability to recognize there's always an opportunity to get better. It's okay to make mistakes. You're not always going to be right. There are opportunities to learn and grow. So it is ironic that the more arrogant I see somebody within a training session, what I do notice is the less ability they have to take accountability for anything that goes wrong. And that's what holds them back. Agreed. From an arrogance standpoint, how would you sum it up, Pam? So I think we demonstrate arrogance in different ways. I think arrogance sometimes can be portrayed when you reach a certain earnings level. You know, I make a lot of money. It, it shows an arrogance. I think arrogance can be portrayed when we earn a certain title. Okay, here I am. I just earned the title of president. I think it can show up that way. I think arrogance can show up in an education sense. Oh, I'm a doctorate. I just got my master's. So again, let's just be cognizant of, is it arrogance we're looking to demonstrate or is it confidence? Hey, I just obtained my master's so I can do a better job making sure I learn A, B, C, D. We got to make sure with ourselves, we know the difference and we are honest enough to admit, is this arrogance or confidence? Here's my fear. And then we'll move on to the second. But my fear is Whenever I've met someone who's arrogant, they have no ability to understand how they're coming off, and then they have no ability to adjust, adapt. It's almost as if their self-awareness is turned off, and their willingness or ability to self-regulate is also turned off. But they'll also be the same person who will tell you that they are self-aware, and they're not. And a nice reminder for our audience, people out there. Only 10% of the population is actually self-aware. However, 95% of us believe that we are. There's an incongruency in those statistics, Pam. I would agree with you, Dan. All right, number two, outreach. Okay, that's a huge topic right now. I know we've I know. done many sessions on this one and we've talked about it. We do the 180 conversations, but what's on your mind with this outreach piece? Because when I think about outreach now, I think of number one, the approach is misunderstood. But more importantly, I think people's expectations for outcomes or results or how hard it's going to be or the length of time is completely misunderstood. That taps into why outreach is on my list right now. I think we have to remember as professionals that are on this journey towards elite, the best of the best in everything that I do, always looking for ways to reach my potential. Outreach to me is this never ending journey where I have to keep learning 
how to communicate my authenticity around high intent, detachment, and abundance. And that is not a one and done. And so when I say outreach, right now what I'm seeing is this tug of war between instant gratification from my outreach and perfecting the manner in which I'm communicating so that people can trust me over time. And I think we have to get back to my job with outreach is to continue to evolve that message so that the other human being who has no idea who I am can begin to trust me based on my communication. And I know sales professionals is very hard to let go of the need for instant gratification. And so just being very careful of, have I crossed that line? Am I now more concerned about the instant gratification than I am about, am I demonstrating that high intent detachment and abundance? Yeah. When I think of instant gratification, Pam, I think about so many of the most important things in my life, whether it would have been training for making a hockey team, training for making a soccer team, whether it would have been just getting physically fit, training for a marathon, or starting this business. Any time that I would get stuck or feeling too high or too good or too low because of immediate gratification, what would happen is it would stall effort and it would change my demeanor about my effort. And that would usually end up taking me off course. So when you do training, and when you're looking at achieving a goal in the long run, immediate gratification 100% is something that you have to be careful of. You have to avoid falling into that trap. Exactly. It's like when I lose two pounds and that night I have dessert. And by the way, I do that. Or you set out to do some prospecting, and you're 100, 200 prospects deep, and you finally get one or two that say, yes, I'll meet with you, right? You go out and you celebrate. And then the next day, you blow off your prospecting because you got the one or two the day before, and now you're too caught up and patting yourself on the back, and you've taken yourself completely out of your rhythm. You know, some of the classes that we have going right now, a couple in particular I can think of, Pam, there is a lot of senior experienced individuals in these classes who've got 15, 25 years of sales experience, and they cannot stand the cold calling, the targeted calling, whatever you want to call it. And so they struggle just to get the rhythm because they look at it as if, well, I made my calls this week, but I got nothing. Is this really worth my effort the next week? And you know what's so funny, Dan? I would say to those senior executives, you are absolutely the ones who should be doing the outreach. Somebody with your level of experience and knowledge in my particular business might be exactly what I need right now. So it's so funny how the more experienced we become, this outreach thing becomes less and less and less. And I would argue that that's when it should become paramount because now my ability to provide value is tenfold. I've done such a good job in my career understanding what's important to the businesses that I'm calling on. I've done the learning. I have such a different lens that people might actually appreciate. And to hold back on something like that, all you senior executives out there, you have to challenge yourself with that. Looking at the results in the outcomes right now, especially when it comes to networking, building your COIs, reaching out, as you said, Pam, for targeted calls to prospects, you really have to stay away from the immediate gratification. Yep. It's just going to tear you down. Yep. 
and you're going to lose sight of what you're trying to accomplish. And the word I was thinking about, Pam, when you were talking was obligation. It's a good way to look at it. The more experience you have, it's almost like, right, you have an obligation to reach out to certain marketplace, to a certain vertical or certain industry that you have an expertise in. Your obligation is there because you've got all this experience and people really do need your help, but they don't know how to connect or find you. Yep. And so that word obligation just feels so empowering. All right. Number three, this is the big one. This word right here, discipline. This is the one I think that all of us, myself included, we all need to pay a little bit more attention to on what kind of discipline are we investing within ourselves and within what we're trying to create. And especially when it comes to our growth and development. And again, based on what we're seeing right now as to what's holding us back, and I understand I do this for a living, but it amazes me how many people will prioritize something else over their own growth and development. I've never heard that, Pam. Gee, can you give us a, <laughs> can you give us a story or an example? Pam, I just want to let you know, I know we're scheduled to have our session today, but this prospect called and I've been trying for a while to get to meeting and the only time they can meet is during our session. The only time. In the rest of my life, this is the only time they can meet with me. But Pam, yes. you don't understand. This is a really good prospect. <laughs> and they told me they're going to make a decision within the next 30 days. And I want to be able to say yes to this meeting, Pam. Because you know why, Pam? It's a lot better going to a prospect call than sitting with you and having to go through what I may have finished or I may not have done in terms of the commitments I made to myself. And I don't want you to remind me that I may have fallen short. So I'm going to go talk to this prospect instead. <laughs> and it sounds a lot more fun than doing the role plays that you put us through too, Pam. And I get it, everybody. And if you don't think for one minute I prioritized a prospect meeting over my own growth and development, I did. But you know, one of the things we talk about all the time here at Lappin, and as you know, what we talk about with all our clients is we have to start questioning ourselves. Patterns around lack of discipline within your own growth and development is something that I wish all of us would embrace a bit differently. And every time you make that decision to prioritize something over your own growth and development, you've got to stop and ask yourself, what is behind this? And I get it, Dan, and we were being a little tongue-in-cheek there, which I absolutely love doing. But you do have to question when you start not making your growth and development as important as it needs to be, especially for those of you, if you are claiming that you do want to be elite in everything that you do, there is no way that you are going to do that when you prioritize some of these things that you're prioritizing over your growth and development. And you're going to have a hard time convincing me that you care about being and reaching your potential when you do those things. I think the key word is prioritizing. I think for our listeners, what they have to do is prioritize what are the most important things in their business right now? And when you make that list, if your self-improvement's not on that list, then you do have to think about where are you going with this? Because the skills and the routines and that the mindset that got you to where you are today are not the same skills, routines, or mindset that will get to where you want to go tomorrow. Because if they were, you would already be there. So you have to look at what are you prioritizing? What is the key things in your development that you are investing in? And make those a priority, whether it's daily or weekly. 
All right, to sum this up, Pam, what would you share with our listeners between arrogance, maybe shifting the expectations of outreach, and discipline? So arrogance, I would say, remember, arrogance, attitude of superiority, confidence, the feeling or belief that I give someone that they can rely on me. Please understand the difference and when the arrogance is starting to get in the way. The outreach, evolve your ability to communicate as a trustworthy individual who doesn't need instant gratification and discipline. How am I ever going to reach my potential if I don't know what it means to prioritize my own growth and development and understand when I'm creating hiding spots that allow me to deprioritize my growth and development? Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of the podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapham180.com. Go to contact us. You can also engage with us on LinkedIn at Dan Lappin or Lappin180. 